The plan for the Dallas Cowboys offense is coming more into focus after Mike McCarthy spoke at the NFL Combine. All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the NFL scouting combine is happening right now. Mike McCarthy just got done speaking. What was your biggest takeaway from his press conference? I think for me personally, and I think there's several things to take away, obviously, and we'll talk about it. But for me, the biggest takeaway was the conversations that he had about the off have not had very much time with McCarthy or any of the coaches since this announcement to kind of actually dive, drill down a little bit more into what this offense is thought were really, really important to hear. And and I think there's lots to discuss in just that topic. But I, I think the main takeaway for me was, just a little bit more information, a little bit more context to what this offense is going to look like. Yeah, and let's let's talk about it because one of the big things that McCarthy said is that this offense isn't going to be dramatically different. There's going to, I think he, the number he used was like 30, 30, 30 to 35% different. But the most important thing that he said, in my mind, is that the language wasn't changing, right? So what does that mean to you? Does that just mean how they call plays is going to be different. Does it mean that the 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 t- type of routes are going to be run or they run more often are going to be different? What do you think? You know, I think before my concern, this is exactly what we talked about before, right? Like the, the cons- my concern before was a lot about the language. And, and let me dive into that a little bit, right? Because you're coming from a, a Coriel system and the whole basis of Don Coriel's system was to create a system that was easy for people to learn on the fly. Uh, that's where you get the the very famous that I'm sure most people know numbering system for the routes, right? The idea of a nine route being a, a deep a go, a, uh, an eight route being a, a, a slant, a deep slant. Right. You know that all those come from a Coriel system. That and the idea again of the Coriel system is to simplify, to make it easy to learn. Numbering system is a lot easier than trying to go into the very verbose West coast offense. And that is part of my concern is that you're going the direction of easier to learn to harder to learn. If you're going from one system to the West coast system, which is like I said, very verbose, lots of tags. There's lots of versatility there. There's lots of different things you can kind of work in there. And that's why it gets used a lot, but it's a, it's a learning curve a little bit. Mm -hmm. The fact that McCarthy came out today and said that they aren't changing the language that there is no change in the language. And now that we're talking about, and I, and this is what I brought up with you earlier, right? We had heard that 30% number before. And, and it's mm-hmm. good to hear that they kind of, I think maybe from Dak, right? And that it's good to hear that they're kind of, you know, you're hearing similar things from different folks, right? The fact that that 30% doesn't include uh, uh, language change, I think that, that, first of all, it means that I, I feel like there's actually more changing than I thought previously had been changing. But, it's changing in a way that is less concerning to me because 
They're still using the same language. They're not going to have to have a huge learning curve. And the other part about this too, that, that's something to keep in mind is that when, when you are in a system for a long time, it becomes second nature. Yeah. You know, like you, you know where your protections are, you know where your hots are in the protections, you know the la- the proper language, the calls to say, and it becomes, you know, when you're tired and when you're grinding, it's the end of the game. You're not making a mental mistake because you spent four years running a system that had that called this audible, you know, Tampa and called that audible, you know, Zag or something like that, right? So I think the fact that that they are keeping the language it just helps the learning curve, not only for the team overall, um, but specifically for Dak, who is going to have to ingest this and then be able to operate all this on the fly, all while hoping to take a step forward and not taking a step back. So I, I, I think it gave me a lot of comfort to hear them say that, yes, they're making changes to the offense, but no, they're not changing the language. Because to me, that's that's a non. It's yep. it's not trivial how much that change would be yes. and how difficult that could be for Dak. So if they're not changing the language, what are they changing? I would imagine what the, what they're talking about changing is what the McCarthy offense is going to look like is probably similar in some ways to what was in the Kellen Moore offense, but the way that the play calls are called will probably be very different. The difference I think will be less about the playbook. And more about the play caller is what I think is what it comes down to, right? Like, like the frequency of running certain plays, or 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 you know whether it's run pass ratio, whether it's yeah. uh, it's you know first down, you know a strat- first and second down strategies, uh, yeah, like comp- like I think that you know the the playbook changes will likely be McCarthy bringing in more of that kind of slant flat dragon stuff that we've talked about. Um, and, and bringing in just more uh, or, or changing the way that the concepts are used, right? So, uh, you know, I think the way that offenses run, like they passing concepts are not um, always full field, right? There's there's like two man passing co- concepts, half field, three yeah. half field. So you can combo a lot of this stuff together and cobble it together based on what you already have. And, and I think again, that's a lot easier to do when the language stays the same. And when I tell when I say, "Hey, we're going to you know run this," or this is this is a, a, a dagger concept here with a you know a sale concept on this side, like those that that language makes it, the learning curve a lot easier for them to conceive. Oh, okay, so this time we're going to run this same route, which I'm familiar with. I understand the concept. I understand the the progression of of, of where my looks are. I understand what my hot is. Uh, except now we're combining it over here. We're just doing a little different. That's a lot easier to learn than having to completely rearrange your brain right. it, for the, all the reasons that McCarthy didn't want to have to do that when he came into Helen Moore's offense and Kellen was, was doing is that it's a lot to take on. So I'm glad that they're deciding to kind of bypass that a little bit. All right. You ready to put my conspiracy hat on? No, Let's do it. Let's up. hear it. Yeah. I wonder what if the reason why McCarthy didn't want to become the play caller right away when he got here, because remember him talking about before, like, hey, if he ever became a head coach, he was going to call the plays, is that he needed some time to learn this offense a little bit, right? In the first couple of years that he was here, he wanted to kind of learn the numbering system because it was something completely new for him. He wanted to get a grasp of the players and in the quarterback, and now that enough time has passed, Maybe he just feels really comfortable with this system and with the offense. Yeah, I mean, I do think that that I don't know that if it if that was always like the plan from the beginning, but Correct. I do think you're but right it was like it was like an that, option, right? Like, it, hey, yeah, I do if, think if things the don't work that, out. 
he that he felt like, yeah, I need a couple years to kind of learn the, the lingo a little bit because it's easier for me as the coach to learn a new lingo than the entirety of the rest of the team, right? right. So getting comfortable with that, getting comfortable with the language, uh, understanding, okay, this means that, and this means that in my in, in this in this uh, system, uh, yeah. And, and then you know, once he started to feel comfortable, once he started to feel like you know the relationship was changing with Kellen and and, and everyone. Uh, it was probably time for him to kind of feel like he could grab hold of that again and try to play call, call plays. And also, don't forget that that first year that McCarthy was here was just so wonky in terms yeah. of Dak you know, was out for the season after five games, right? It was also a COVID year where they had to do some weird stuff with practices. They couldn't practice every day. They were wearing masks. They had to do stuff through Zoom. So I do wonder how much that kind of just impacted, you know, everything on offense so well i mean all you have to do is compare the offense to the defense right look look yeah. look what happened with 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 mike nolan so they go into with a new so the difference right is that when when the when mccarthy came in mccarthy kept the same offense he he kept the language the same and look at how much better the offense played than the defense did yeah. despite the fact that the defense already still had some pretty talented players on it sure. right i mean we didn't have michael parsons right i mean i understand all that, but but still like they, they, I mean, the, the the learning curve between the offense and the defense is night and day, and I think it shows you exactly, you know, how difficult that would have been. And he McCarthy even talked about it in his in his press conference, like, you know, the first year he came in, it was because of COVID, all the all the Zoom meetings and stuff. Like, it would have been impossible to try to switch offensive systems, even if he was going to, yep. you know, c- keep the the language then while switching. I, I think it would have been really difficult. McCarthy also said something really interesting about Dak that we're going to get into in just a sec. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything. And anything from the money line, the point spreads, to the number of three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets at a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets on FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Landon, Mike McCarthy also talked about Dak uh, a little bit in his press conference today, basically saying that everything in this offense is going to be Dak friendly. It's all just everything's set up to make the quarterback be as successful as possible. I've got to believe that's a big reason why they're not changing the numbering system as well. It's, hey, this is what Dak knows. This is what he's kind of grown up in. I, it's easier for McCarthy to change than it is for Dak Prescott to change. Yeah, exactly. And again, going back to my concern early on when they started talking about changing systems is is just that is that this isn't necessarily what's best for Dak. And 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 uh and I and I was concerned about, you know, they're going to have to and you know, we'll talk about this I'm sure tons throughout the season. Uh they this they're going to have to figure out what they're doing with Dak soon. Like they they're going to have to, you know, work on his contract to kind of move some stuff. They're going to have to start talking to him about a new contract soon. Uh, all of that being done under the guise of trying to switch systems and, and make things more difficult for him, I think is a, was a bad idea. And so now that we kind of have got a better, a little bit clearer picture of what, of what's changing um, it does seem that it, that is more DAC friendly in the sense that 
they're not going to change the language. They're going to you know, make sure that he's comfortable with, with understanding. And, and, and the other thing they mentioned too, is not just language, but protections. Protections will remain the same. Um, and I think that that's something else that again is, is an important thing for Dak to kind of feel comfortable and have experience in, right? Because you want, one of the best things that Dak does is, is reading defenses, understanding where his hot is, understanding how to shift protections to make sure that he, you know, counteracts what the defense is trying to do to him. Having that experience um, is valuable and it makes Dak more valuable. Uh, and so trying to take that like away and like change that to like something else that he's unfamiliar with, I felt, I felt like was taking away one of his abilities. So uh, I'm glad to hear that, that, you know, they're focusing on making this Dak friendly. I mean, that's, I mean, a lot of coach talk, you hear that a lot, yeah. but I think in conjunction with what we heard uh, uh, with the, with the changes in, in the, um, in the, in the play calling and, and I mean, sorry, not the play calling, but in the scheme and, and, and the fact that they are, like I said, not changing the language, this all seems to point towards, yes, we're making changes. Yes. Things are going to be different, but we're, we're doing so in a way that is going to still make Dak comfortable. We're not trying to like, you know, reinvent the wheel here. We're just trying to tweak things despite kind of saying that it's a system change. Basically trying to figure out ways to be 5% better. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which uh, I think that's that's what we want. At least that's what I wanted early on, right? And that's yeah, why there's I no was... reason there's no reason to tear this thing down, right? Exactly. Like, I mean, this no team in the NFL other than the Chiefs have more wins over the last two seasons. You did make it to the divisional round, and you went toe to toe with one of the best teams in the league. Like five percent better probably gets you to the Super Bowl, like legitimately. Maybe. So, yeah, uh, you mentioned protections. That's really interesting to me because they, I mean, they've got a very veteran offensive line. Like uh, to yes. me, it would be shocking if their starting five offensive linemen aren't already on the roster right now, right? Like, do you anticipate an outsider starting for this team this year? Um, I mean, I guess it depends on left guard. That would be the only position that I potentially would see. But I, I, I mean. Probably not. I mean, you definitely already have your tackles. I'm pretty sure, like, maybe even more, more tackles than well, you need. Which Stephen Jones, we should also mention that yesterday, he said they anticipate Tyron Smith coming back. We'll see if yep. that's the case. But if he does come back, I've got to believe that means Tyler Smith is playing left guard, right? Maybe. Maybe it and... does. I, I think – I mean, I, that's the thing. The, the puzzle pieces that I can't quite fit together to me is is that because, honestly, by the time next year rolls around – Tyler Smith may be the best tackle on this team. Like it, that's certainly within the realm of possibility. I think he's play, he played really good football at the, especially yeah. near the end of the, uh, down the, the stretch. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, why not just do the same thing you did last year though? Basically have him just be on the left side and yeah. start him at left guard. You know, Tyron's not going to make it through the year. And as soon as that happens, you slide him right back out. I, yeah, I don't. I certainly don't have an issue with with that. If they do that, I, I'm not going to be upset or or surprised. But I, I mean, again, I will point out that there's a good chance that Tyler Smith is a better tackle than Tyron Smith next year. I think, I think that's very realistic. But what's your best five offensive line? I think that's the thing, right? Is that, it Tyron that's... Smith playing left tackle and Tyler Smith at left guard, or is it Tyler Smith playing left tackle and Tyron Smith being your swing tackle? First of all. I've been pretty clear. I don't see Tyron Smith being a backup. I just no, don't see that I, happening. I yeah, especially I mean, beyond just like the prestige element of it, he's making thirteen million this yeah, year. It, I think it's if not going to happen. So it's he's not, not going to be a backup. Um, 
It's yeah, just unless I mean, you start the season at right tackle with Terrence Steele, you know, coming back. But listen, we forgot to even mention that yesterday. Like, I feel like we missed a lot in just a day. But like, Stephen Jones was talking about Terrence Steele, and he was yeah. saying it's unreal where he's at right now uh, in his rehab, and that shouldn't surprise anybody. Shouldn't surprise how, anybody. How, how good, yeah. I mean, how hard of a worker Terrence Steele yeah. is. So yeah. maybe the plan is just, hey, Connor McGovern, we'll see you later. Enjoy free agency. Tyler Smith, you're starting at left guard. Tyler Tyron Smith, you're our left tackle. Josh Ball, you're our maybe week one, week two insurance at right tackle. And that's our offensive line. I still think you need to get a guard, right? You still need I mean if if your plan is to play Tyler Smith at guard and, and Tyron at left tackle with the idea that Tyron is never gonna play the whole season at left tackle. You need someone to play left guard. So, well, I thought you were a Matt Farniak fan, but I guess not. <laughs> oh, oh, so because I haven't penciled in as but Matt Farniak is a part-time starter, I'm not yeah. a fan. Well, I see. I see. Uh, no, I think you're right. I mean, it's also worth mentioning that Tyler Biotis is going into the last year of his That's contract. So, yeah. if you could draft a guy in the second, third round that could potentially be one of those utility guys as a rookie, and then maybe start. Excuse me. Are you talking about the guy from TCU? No, well, I, I mean, I'll take Avila too because he play, has some experience playing center as well. That's but the guy I, I, I want. Kid from Minnesota, Schmidt, who has who's John center. Michael Schmidt. Yeah, he's he's got some experience playing guard as well. I, 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 th- this is a good draft to kind of go in and 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 do that right to draft a guy that you don't necessarily have to plug in as the starter right away, yes. but you feel like he could play by the end of the season, right? I mean, it's not too dissimilar from what the Cowboys did with Connor McGovern in 2019, right? Yeah. Yep. You just draft a guy in the third round that you like and take can play him at multiple spots and you wait and see. So uh, Mike McCarthy also said something kind of interesting about potentially drafting a backup quarterback. All that next. All right, Landon, last thing before we head out. Uh, Mike McCarthy was talking about some of the quarterbacks in this class, uh, including Max Duggan from TCU. He also mentioned how he liked to, he likes to go to the combine to watch these quarterbacks and their setups and how they throw the ball. He also likes the video part of it where he gets to kind of just see all the, uh, uh, you know, just the releases and the interactions and all that kind of stuff. But he talked, my, he talked about the camera angles. He talked about how the camera angles have remained consistent throughout the years. And it they're, helps they're, they're, them they're sky high. Right. Yeah, exactly. So they, can, so they can kind of measure stuff. My question for you, this is just a very general question. If the Cowboys pick a quarterback, let's say from round three on, what would you like that to look like? Like, are you looking for more of the Cooper Rush guy that not great tools, but somebody that can come in and be smart and learn the offense? Or are you looking for somebody with some real athletic traits to develop? <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's interesting, right? To me, the Green Bay quarterback method, right? It's not just about, and, and again, the re, just for reference for everyone, this is a, the, the idea of drafting a quarterback is a, is every year is a Ted Thompson concept, the former mm-hmm. uh, uh, general manager of, of the Packers, right? And, and, and the idea is that you draft one every year. If you develop them, Fantastic! You got a backup. If you've developed two of them, fantastic! You got a backup and a trade piece, right? And and I think so. For me, I would like to see, especially if the idea is maybe to draft one of these guys every year, every two years. I kind of want to see an upside guy, right? Especially in this kind of offense where you know we're running the ball, uh, we're we're trying to keep kind of a maintain a balanced offense. Uh, There's opportunities for scrambles. There's opportunities for quarterback runs. Uh, You know, I. I haven't looked at all the quarterbacks yet, 
But I think if you look at, uh, and I'm forgetting his name, that UCL, UCLA quarterback, uh, Dorian, Thompson. Dorian, yeah, Dorian yeah. Thompson, those kind of guys like that, that have skills that, you know, maybe just need some more time seeing snaps and, and, and may, need some more time to work on certain aspects of the games. I think those to me are the guys that, um, you know, look, you miss on those guys more often than the other ones, right? But I think that the upside there is bigger. And 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 if you hit on one of those guys, you know, at the very least, you've got a trade piece that might be worth, you know, having and, and, and using. Uh, and at, at, at very best, you may end up find your next starter, you know? So yep. um, I, I, I tend to think that having the kind of high floor, low ceiling guys as your backup is nice. And, and, and they should try to, you know, achieve that but if you're gonna if you're gonna try to draft a guy every year or if you're trying to develop and draft and develop quarterbacks i think you should look for some traitsy guys especially if you've got a quarterback in-house that you like already or if you plan on getting a, a veteran backup in get a traitsy guy like get someone who, who you can work on a little bit and see maybe hit maybe hit like a, a diamond in a rough so i look at like who green bay has drafted um, over the last decade, right? They typically do draft some guys with at least some athleticism. We saw them yep. draft Jordan Love, Brett Hundley. Mm-hmm. And then I look at what Dallas has done. Like one of their biggest hits in franchise history was drafting Dak Prescott, a Mississippi State quarterback who maybe had some accuracy issues, but was a fantastic runner and had some you know great leadership qualities. Like that's what I want. I, if you're going to draft a guy in the third, fourth round, don't give me one of these very smart, but you know, very meh tools, right? Kel I want Moore. the guy. Don't give yeah, me Kellen I mean, Moore. Yeah, I mean, don't give know. me Kellen Moore. It, that worked out for different reasons, but I yes, want the guy. Yeah. And, I want the guy that can come in and, hey, year one, we can give him seven plays and let him use his athleticism to get us through games, right? And then we'll work on the rest of the traits. I, we've just we've seen that work time and time again with not only Dak but also look at Jalen Hurts who went in the second yep. round right like yep. that's what I want to see yeah and again this that wasn't a way just like you said that's not a way to knock Kellen Moore or even no, no, that no. type of quarterback I mean great look what Cooper Rush did for us last exactly. year I, I'm certainly not knocking any of that in fact I kind of feel like there's some value to having one of those quarterbacks on your team as well right yes. but to me yes. drafting and developing those guys there's not as much use in kind of getting the high floor guy who, you know, you think can run the offense but isn't going to go anywhere from there. If that's your developmental guy, like get a guy who has some upside, has you know, has some physical traits and tools that you want to develop. Um, you know, even like even uh, Mahomes. You know, like I understand he was a first round pick, and you yeah. know, but he was a traitsy player. He was a tools sure. player. He, he wasn't a, a finished product by any stretch. Same with Josh Allen, right? Uh, yeah, a lot of these guys got a lot of these teams got ripped yeah. for drafting those guys yeah. uh, because they felt like it was a reach. So I, I you know, and, and again, I'm not anticipating drafting a first round quarterback, but the same no. sort of idea applies further down the draft. Get you a guy that if he hits, it makes that pick worth it, and 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 maybe even helps you retrieve an equivalent pick down the road from sure. somebody else. That's what I want to see, and I. We'll, we'll make sure we, we spend some time looking at these day two and day three quarterbacks because I feel very confident the Cowboys are going to draft one. Even Jerry Jones mentioned, I think a few weeks ago, how they wish they would have done a better job at spending more picks at that position over the last yeah. couple of years because yeah. it is so valuable. So uh, the guy that I'm keeping in mind, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, yeah. because he is that athlete and he has that SEC production and he made Tennessee – 
really, really good and elevated them to one of the best teams in the country. Very similar to what Dak Prescott did in Mississippi State when uh, he beat Alabama, just like Hennon Hooker. So keep an eye on him as a potential option for the Cowboys, maybe starting in the third round. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, Landon, you and I will be back uh, tomorrow. We're going to continue to some, do some positional preview stuff. We've got some combine stuff that's going to start happening, some real combine on-field action that's happening right. on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we'll see you guys next time.